The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. I can't get over this. So the only thing left to say, of course, is the one obvious thing. Excelsior! Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Do you have a hankering for horror knowledge? We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks? The Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly 30 shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs. From horror reviews and celebrity interviews. Hi, I'm Adam Green, the director of the Hatchet films and the star of Allison. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family. Hi, guys. This is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. As well as nostalgic trips into the past, pop culture, the latest in entertainment news, and so much more. Featuring a variety of shows and hosts that will simultaneously enrage, enlighten, and entertain you. Check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. My mom says I'm cool. Available on iTunes, Spotify, thedorkening.com, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. Hey, hey, happy Tuesday, everybody. My name's Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard. You're watching Splash Pages. We have a kick-ass show for you, scheduled for you today. As always, Velvet Joker, how's it going, my friend? It's going great. Did anybody see that kick-ass new intro that Leo just did for us? Oh, you like that? You like that? Yeah, that's some hot stuff right there. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, the equally awesome Drew Malo. How's it going, bud? <laughs> that good. Hello. Good evening. I'm good. Yep, totally. Why, hey, why are you covering your face? Check that intro out. That is some quality. Because I just... Surprise. I'm 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 fine. Okay, let's start the show. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, Velvet Joker, you brought yeah. a guest with you. Who do you have? I did. Uh, I brought the nerd king himself, the king of New England cons, Mitchell Halleck, the Terrificon man. Hello. How are you? Nice to be here. 
Hey, always glad to have you, Mitch. How's it going? It's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. End of the year coming up, uh, looking back at a bunch of things, a lot of crazy things happening, but we made it through and, uh, you know, looking forward to 2022. Yeah, totally, totally. Normal, normal world, hopefully. We're getting there, you know. There's hope that, you know, Omicron is a less, you know, a milder version. Let me tell you, if you're worried about, (laughs) when you're naming things after bad Transformer uh, names, I think you're kind of winding down, you know. I was like, what is it called? Omicron? Tron? Thank you. It's a freaking bumblebee. You know what I I mean? Like Optimus Prime could kick this thing sweepstakes megatron's cousin megatron yeah yeah Yeah. i i asked myself i was like what kid with the sweepstakes won that one i don't know if you know your greek alphabet they went from delta so to omicron that's like the 18th letter so they went from four to 18 what where were the middle ones i I don't know. Uh, they they just said fuck it and we'll uh, yeah they were just making it up wait wait, yeah (laughs) if only we were scientists I don't know. Wait to the Delta Tai Chi one. Isn't oh that God. the animal house virus? The, what was that? I said the this... animal house virus. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. no, the Delta Delta, whatever their their name was, an animal house. Oh, the Delta Delta. Oh, yeah. But listen, I, I no, it's fine. I got it. But I, I'm just waiting for the one that you know either the population turned to superhumans or mutants, and that's what I'm waiting for. Because then the nerds will be like, it is our time now. Oh, yeah. Well, why not both? Just because just you want big three feet they, like they, the beast drew, you know. Yeah. You know yeah. what? It's not a real, it's not a fantasy when it becomes reality. I'm just saying. So, all right. All right. Hang from chandeliers so, from your feet. We understand. Yeah, I just want to unleash my inner Kelsey grammar. That's basically what it is. Um, so I guess we'll just dive right into the the purpose of this is that because the year wasn't tough enough, we, the nerd world, got hit with some really sad news uh, recently. And I honestly, this is probably one of the saddest but oddly most heartwarming thing I've seen of the nerd community in a while. I mean, to have who anybody who knows Max knows who he is announced that he has stage three was it pink it's pancreatic right pancreatic yeah right uh-huh. uh, can you hear? yeah pancreatic cancer yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. you know yeah. in a note that he wrote himself yeah that was heartbreaking uh drew you're you're coming in real spotty do you want to like pop out and pop back in <laughs> Wait, can you hear me now? Your your internet is like crappy. Hello? Testing. Yeah, can you can you hear us? My internet what, what is like crappy. I can hear him a bit. He's a little breaking up. I, yeah. yeah. Why don't you, uh, Drew? Why don't you pop out and pop back in? Okay. Uh, so uh, while we wait for him, yeah, obviously the the bad news with George Perez, uh, his, his note was absolutely heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. His, uh you know, uh, what, what were your thoughts when you first heard that, Mitch? Well, you know what? I'm friends with Spencer Beck, who's George's uh, rep for the last 40 years. 
And I was talking to him because we, we plan, you know, what guests are coming to Terrific Con 2022 and all that. So I always say, hey, if George wants to come. And then Spencer was really quiet on the phone. And I know he retired from shows. And I said, yeah, everything OK? He's like, well, th- I can't say anything. You'll find out soon enough. And this was like a week before. And he wouldn't say anything. I says, everything all right? He goes, yeah, d- you know, just change the subject. So we kind of went on. And I was thinking in the back of my head gee, that was weird. You know, what, what's going on there? And uh, then when the news came out, it was just like first thing in the morning, like 11 o'clock. And as soon as I saw it, you know, I just went, oh my God, that's what he was, that's what he knew. Because uh, J- Spencer knew about it uh, because obviously George told told him because they're friends and such. So I called him up and I said, oh no, you know, of all the things, I was like, what could it be? You know, is there some kind of cool you know because i know george had heart problems and he has diabetes i was like oh maybe something good's happening you know maybe he's gonna you know start coming back and doing shows again or working again or some miracle happened but i never saw this coming so when i read that i mean i was literally just heartbroken i just stared i was like you gotta be kidding me this poor guy the nicest guy in all the comics okay that's it he's Mm -hmm. like the eric of comics nobody says a bad thing about george perez and the trouble he's had over the years, he's had yeah. some you know, very bad diabetes. He's had trouble with his eye. Mm-hmm. He's had multiple surgeries on his eye, like 13 laser mm-hmm. surgeries. And then he's had heart mm-hmm. issues the last couple of years that stopped him from coming to Terrificon a couple of years ago because he had like a, two heart attacks when he was at a show in New Jersey like a couple months earlier. So you're like, what else could happen to this man? He needs he, he deserves a break. Yeah. You know, there's no nobody should have to endure so many ailments, you know, especially in his mid 60s. He's not an old man. And then when this mm-hmm. comes, you're like, oh, what? come on, man. Come on, God. You, you, you know, how many how many times are you going to going to knock this guy down? But to his credit, and this is where he's a beautiful person. He just gets right up and other people might just gave up. They might have just thrown the towel in and just looked at the calendar and just counted the days and never see him again. But what's George do? George does mm-hmm. what George Perez would do. He dusts himself off, you know, looks at what he's been dealt and he says, "I'm going to play the hand and I'm going to go out smiling and I'm going to do whatever I want to do and I'm going to, you know, try to talk to the fans and I'm going to try to do as much as I can in the the time that's allotted." Mm-hmm. Again, it's like it's amazing. I mean, Peter David, uh, the writer, he, he wrote that day when he saw the news. He's like, he, he couldn't imagine. He said, if that was me, I couldn't imagine doing what George is, is, is doing, you know, being positive about the situation and, and talking about how he, mm-hmm. you know, how he considers himself lucky and he wants to see his fans one more time. I mean, it, it really is extraordinary when you think about it. I mean, how who here could say if they had the same diagnosis that they're going to say, you know what? I'm going to go out there and uh, make the best of what I got and the time I'm allotted, you know? I mean, it's a really, really amazing thing that he's done, you know? So that's, that's all I got to say. I, I'm just like you guys. I, I, I said, I was heartbroken. That's it. I was like, yeah, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And it shouldn't, mm-hmm. it shouldn't happen to him. And he doesn't, he doesn't deserve this, but you know, and, has everybody here met him? Uh, like Leo, have you? Did you uh, get a chance to meet him, Rich? Have you met him? Um, kind of superficially at uh, a con that Mitch produced um, at in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I got mm-hmm. to take some pictures with him in the background, uh, but his line was really long. And oh, yeah. I super regretted that I did not get on that line and plop down that 40 bucks, which uh, I think you, Drew, had the same sort of interaction there at, at that um, convention. Oh, my God. And then um, when $40. he canceled out on Mitch's con, uh, because I think he was having heart issues with it, like yeah. 2016, mm-hmm. maybe, Mitch? Uh, it was, mm-hmm. well, he tried to come back. In 2018, and that's when he had the first heart problem. Then he was going to try to come in 2019 Okay. for one day. We were like crazy Mm -hmm. trying to schedule stuff because he had something that he was going to do in Florida near his house. He was going to fly. This is how crazy it is. He was going to fly up on a Thursday night, do the show for Friday, meet as many people as he can, autograph Mm -hmm. as many things he can, and then leave immediately at 7 o'clock at night on Friday and fly back to Orlando to be at another convention he was supposed to be at on Saturday. I mean, let me just tell you, I deal with these folks all the time. As great as they are, no one's going to do that. Nobody in the 10 years I've been doing this show has ever said, oh, I've got another commitment. I'm going to fly up, do your show, spend time with those fans, and then fly to the other side of the country and do another show immediately. Nobody does that. I mean, it's just unheard of. So no rest. It's insane. He was, and, and the thing of it is, like I said, he had his heart problems. And we were like, George, honestly, I appreciate it. But you don't have to do it. You know, I don't want this guy getting any sicker. Yeah, and, right. and, you know, running himself ragged just to make sure everyone's happy. So we finally said, you know what? Is It was literally like a, three weeks before the show, a month before the show. We said logistically, you're you're putting yourself out there too much. This is you don't have to do this. And he's like, I want to do it. I want to do it. And we're like, look, you know what? I mm-hmm. love the fans too, but you know what? At the end of the day, your health's more important. They'll get over it. So what yeah, does he do? He goes ahead and we print up a Wonder Woman print. And he autographs, I think, I don't know how many we had, like five or six, seven, eight hundred. We gave them out to everybody who waited in line that wanted to see him that day. So the first day you came in they were gone in like an hour because everybody just wanted to see Perez. So he goes and does it for free. You didn't have to buy the print. You just, you came in and you got the print autographed by George. So, I mean, again, people don't, you don't understand this. Damn. People don't do this. Actors don't do this. Rock stars don't do this. Maybe Alice Cooper as close as I could think of. He did something similar years ago at Terrificon. He just Mm -hmm. signed a bunch of photos and just handed them out to his fans. No charge. But, um, yeah, it's it's amazing, and that's the to answer your question. Yeah, that's the last time George was supposed to come up here was uh, 2019. We had something right, arranged right. for him. So. Yeah, Drew, but um, everything I've ever heard about him yeah. and the outpouring of love that we've seen on the internet for him, he just seems like he's a wonderful, wonderful man. Um, did you have a direct oh, experience absolutely. with him, I mean, Drew? Yeah, I met him two cons. Uh, the first one was this, I, I call them hotel cons because they're always, you know, they take place in a hotel. And it was this one in New York. Uh, the hotel is right above the TikTok diner. Um, I can't remember the name of it. It was very small, um, but he was there. And I all I had for him was like, you know, a few issues uh, stuff. And now in, in retrospect, I sh- should have had everything. Um he was very nice. We talked about because he, like I told you guys, he was an inker for part of um, whatever happened to the um, the Man of Tomorrow, which is the two part Alan Moore series that he did. Um, and he was talking about that, about working with Kurt Swan, which you know unfortunately had passed, you know, years ago. Um, was was great. And then I remember it was again just 
as you said, I, I met him at, at Mitch's con and I was in Bridgeport and I was online and I waited, I think like 10 minutes and I had him sign my copies of JLA Avengers, which we're, we're going to talk about today. And I think a few other issues. And I asked if he wouldn't mind taking a photo and he was so excited. Well, now we took a photo and I just, you know, uh, you know, Hawaiian shirt, enthusiastic i mean it was like uh doing a thumbs up with a power power battery you could not feel happy around him he was just so energetic it was like it was almost like being in the room with a a dynamo he just lit everybody up and and that was also still back in the day when he would do these marathon drawing sessions and again 40 bucks whatever character you wanted you wanted a Wolverine, bam, you got a Wolverine. If you wanted mm-hmm. a Titans, just say the Titan. Give him 40 bucks, come back in like two hours, it'd be done. It'd be inked. It would be gorgeous. Um, and then later on, and I sent Leo photos, as I definitely want to talk about something that I did that it was actually a tribute to him and Marv Wolfman, um, which was at the con, Mitch, that he was supposed to be at with Marv. Uh, that was um, uh, East Coast Comic Con. Yep. Which was the last time I was in. Yeah. Yeah. Could you could you make it a little smaller? Because uh, you, you you cut one of the heads out. Um, so I had put together a Titans group. It was the New Teen Titans, and I had and they were the '80s version. Ooh. And I had everybody minus a cyborg, and everybody was serious. And my girlfriend had been Donna Troy. And everybody was pumped. We were all really excited. I put together the shoot. I had a photographer, everything. I read every issue of Titans myself to get all the reference photos from like 1 to 55 in like a week. So, goddamn. And then the morning of, we saw the news about George. I mean, we still got yeah. photos of Mar Wolfman, who's was great. But, I mean, it was just so sad. And I was supposed to see, try to, I tried doing it again when he was at east coast yeah but um i don't really like speaking poorly of cons um but i do feel that the management really didn't prepare for that as well as they should have because everybody showed up and the lines were i was there Yeah. yeah yeah the lines were huge it was not well organized you had the people who were working the con um, had no idea what they were doing. They were given contradictory. And I, and I want to make it clear that man would have sat there till midnight meeting mm-hmm. everybody. He would have yeah. done it, but obviously they couldn't. And they had to keep cutting the lens and whatnot. And I had another Teen Titans group. I had organized another one. And, and they wouldn't even let us do this. All we wanted was just one photo yeah. with George. We just wanted to meet him and just, you know, and we even signed a photo of everybody, you know, wishing him a happy retirement. And we couldn't mm-hmm. even give it to him. So, yeah, um, yeah, thank you, Leo. You do this so fast, man. It's not a comic. <laughs> um, it was so sad because that was the last time. You know what? You know, and I, 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 I had, I, I, I had. Bre- I was yeah. going to say, I know that show because I had breakfast with him at the hotel before he went over there. And it was, I think it was Saturday morning or Sunday morning. I can't remember which day, but he was yeah. there and his wife, Carol, yeah. was there and Spencer Beck. And we were all sitting around and he was talking about the way people react to him at shows and fans and such like that. And I was just listening to him as he talked. 
And he said it's mm-hmm. it, it's something to watch their faces because it, it might have been mm-hmm. one issue that they read or a whole series that they read and it just stayed mm-hmm. with them or they might have had a you know troubled time when they read this and it was a distraction from reality. And he said he right. just sees their face light up. And that's why he spends so much time. He always takes a picture with the fans. He always gives them a hug, like you said. He's always on his feet when they come to his table. He's not one of those guys that just puts his head down and signs and shoves the thing next, next, next. Every single person yeah. gets a special moment with him. And when you say mm-hmm. those lines are out the door, I was there. They were having fights in those lines. People were arguing. People were trying to cut the line. It went down the whole auditorium outside the door. And uh, it was getting ugly. Yeah. And there was some fighting going on. Mm-hmm. And there was some people were being rude to George's uh, helper. Uh, can't think of her name right yeah. now. It's a, a, She's been with George forever. Um, and I know her name. And I'm sorry. I just can't remember mm-hmm. right now. But um, what happened is he said, he said, listen, if you're going to continually be rude, and he said he don't yet he doesn't yell. George doesn't yell. He just said it like fact. He right. said if you're going to be rude and not talk to her in a professional, polite manner, I'm leaving. He didn't say it more than once. He didn't threaten anybody. He just said, right. "Listen, that's it. Line up, right. be polite, treat people with respect, or I'm getting up and I'm walking out that door and I'm not coming back." Let me tell you, mm-hmm. boom, a cop couldn't have got people more organized than that. Okay. You need brute force or a gun. You just need somebody to look at you right in the eye right. and say, cut the shit. Okay. Grow up right. and act like a fucking human being and don't swear at people, don't push people. And they did it. They just, yes, sir, George. And then boom, like, and Starlin was there and Joe Rubenstein was there and Ron mm-hmm. Lynn was there. They had the whole mm-hmm. Infinity uh, gauntlet crew. Right. I just remember Starlin looking over and like that, you know, and everybody snapped to attention. But again, George is not a guy that's going to be aggressive. He's not a mean spirited person at all. There's not a mean bone in his body, mm-hmm. but he, that, and because right. he treats people that way, respectfully, he expected it to be, and they did, they just went ahead with whatever he wanted. So, I mean, that's one of those things. It's, it's you really don't see a lot of people like that. They could pull that off. That his legend commands respect. respect. Yeah, it says that's it. Act act yeah. like a decent person or hey. mouth. So, and what Absolutely. are you, Lou? Did you have and any interesting it, it, interactions with uh, George? Uh, unfortunately, I never had a chance to meet him. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And, yeah. and Drew, I'm sorry, I interrupted yeah. you. Did you have something else to say about it? No, I, I was just going to say that was those are my only two times. Um, like I said, I would have loved to have met him. I have so much more of his work. That I really appreciate. I own all of Crisis on Infinite Earths. I own all of, uh, well, all two issues of Future Perfect that he did with Peter David, which is amazing. And it's one of my favorite Hulk stories of all time. Um, even, you know, all the other stuff. Like I remember he did some pages in um, Infinite Crisis, which are amazing. And I, he even did some pages of uh, Avengers 500. You know, he's he, he's been everywhere, but. For me, like I said, it was just one of those things where, for me, it was someone I looked up to in a way because I always do my best to try to be a decent person to everybody, and unfortunately, I can I can get I can get mad, 
<laughs> and and I have my I have a bit of a temper sometimes. Um, but you know, George, uh, I, I kind of try to follow that thumb. Same thing. Treat everybody with respect. Be an adult. If you can't do that, there's the door, because you know that that's that's the way it should be. Versus let's be petty and and aggressive and think everyone's right and fight about it instead of being adults you know i think there's definitely something there that we can aspire to and yeah i mean i think just the thing that that really strikes me is he's he i i mean i'm following his page he's he's seeing family he's he's he went to a shoot recently um a fan shoot at a, at a con and I remember seeing videos, I think it was like Dragon Con of the DC shoots that he would be there mm-hmm. and you know, he would supervise. And I remember at the end of it, he had like a, a bullhorn for one of these videos and he said, you make me very proud to be a DC artist or a Marvel artist. And it was just phenomenal seeing that, you know? Um, and I, I really hope, I mean, this is just a pipe dream, but if he, if he is anywhere on the East Coast that's within driving distance, like I will take the day off. I will call in sick. I will, I will travel with people, and even if I just get one book signed and one photo, or whatnot. I, I don't really care. I just kind of want to, you know, be there and Ooh. kind of, I guess, in some way, like what are you saying, kind of say goodbye, in some really morose sad way right it, it does that make sense I, also you guys can hear me right yeah yeah it feels uh, like a piece of closure is what you're looking for okay. drew yeah i mean i think for me the thing i just really want to do and i honestly if i reach out to one of his reps and i get an, an address i just really want to send him the thing i wanted to give him back in 2019 the photo of everybody with everyone's autograph and just wishing him a happy retirement like I'm kind of good, even if I just give him that, you know, just that was really my goal, you know. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, that's my two cents. I'm sure Mitch has better stories. We've got a lot of stories, but you know, how much time uh, do you yeah, want? Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, we've done we've done a, a long interviews, Mitch. So you never know. Oh, um, I do know there is something in the works, though. I can't I'm not at liberty to tell you what it is, but I talked to Spencer and, and they are working on some type of uh, event for George. So, oh, OK, there, there might be an opportunity cool. for you to see it. He's had an amazing right. career, an amazing career as both an artist and a writer, which mm-hmm. you don't see as mm-hmm. often in the comic industry. Right. Um, and his talent went across decades. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, from Avengers to, you know, the creation of Taskmaster, Deathlock. Um, you know, his name speaks volumes. Even um, I did. I think he got away from Marvel and DC for a while, did a little bit of Malibu comics. Mm-hmm. How about that iconic? You talked about George being at a photo shoot. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's multiple photos out there of George recreating the cover of Crisis where he's holding up or Superman's holding up Supergirl. Yep. And George has done that a lot with cosplayers. He'll see George, even in the 80s and the 90s when he was, you know, in shape and stronger, he'd 
lift up like a cosplayer and he put his head up and he do the famous anguish scream up to the skies that you know he's holding this dead supergirl body or something like that so it's pretty funny to see if you go do a search you'll find a bunch of images of george playing with the fans like that um that, that, yeah. i just always remember that's a good one uh i remember you know honestly you talked about stuff one of the first times i encountered him as a kid was a series called Deathlock, which is uh richard buckler yeah there we go yeah there you go. Huh? see him there that's george right there with the hawaiian shirts always and uh holding up cosplayers and, and yep. recreating the classic uh, crisis cover <laughs> so, i mean that's just wow there's a lot of those that's amazing there, you know yeah we're just having a good time that's, it's fantastic yeah hey no and i i was gonna say uh, yeah, yeah it was death because so, i remember it was rich buck yeah, cool. yeah. Mm. so and Klaus right. Jansen was on that. Yeah. Marvel. And the, yeah. The, they were all there in Bridgeport. Rich Buckler was still alive. He was there. And I remember I had my Deathlock uh, book. It's Astonishing Tales 27 or something. So Rich signed it. And then I walked over. Klaus Jansen signed it. And then I go, oh, geez, I got to get George to sign. And literally, George just started working on that. That was one of his first Marvel books. And then he got it. So that's one of my tries. My prized possessions is having. Deathlock, which was not a big character at all, you know. And then he went on, he did The Man Wolf, which was another like, you know, throwaway series. Mm-hmm. David uh, Anthony Kraft was the writer on it, and uh, George worked on that. Then he's Logan's Run, the, the movie. They did an adaptation for Marvel, and George did some of that. And then he starts popping up with, like you said, Avengers, but Marvel 2 and 1, Fantastic 4. He was fantastic on all those Marvel two and one stories, they had project Pegasus and the Aquarian. And I was, the artwork was amazing. So, and then he went to Titans after that, he ran over to DC and he started working on the teen Titans. And that's what made me go over to DC. Cause I was a Marvel zombie. I'm not going to read DC comics at all. I'm not reading Superman or Batman, but I started picking up Marvin George's teen Titans. And then I went into mm-hmm. the crisis and, stuck with them then right after the crisis george rebooted with wonder woman remember that they they redid wonder mm-hmm. woman and george was part of that so yeah mm-hmm. it's got a long long career of great books yep you know came back to marvel with mm-hmm. the avengers with Carp- uh, Kurt yeah. Busiek. It's, it's that run too that was beautiful artwork i mean you know you can just yep. look at the pages so oh god yeah. always the always scope. always absolutely you know yeah, and then and, again and, he would just occasionally stuff but um, the book we're talking about tonight, JLA Avengers, you know, just you just, could tell he had a blast making that, you know, oh, yes. yeah. you, you know, all the incarnations of every single character. And when you get into the time warps later on, all the different re- versions is just, yeah, yeah, he, he must have absolutely loved that. That book has been a troubled past. That was started in the early 80s. They started doing that book with Roy Thomas was working mm-hmm. it on it in the early eighties, Marvel and DC, and it just got lost. I mean, I think George did about twenty pages of it, and then they just had problems between the two companies, so it just got shelved. It was beautiful artwork, but no one saw it. And it wasn't until like the late nineties, early two thousands that they revised it, and uh, Herb Music came in and then redid the storyline and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But George, we got one thing: he nobody could draw a million characters in one book like george perez he's like the king of that every time you see one of those shots like those epic world colliding stories that you'll see in the the dc marvel thing there's like a thousand superheroes and he's drawn everybody it's like wait where's that guy well 
there he is. Oh, where it's like, where's Waldo? He's got everybody in there. He's amazing when it comes to doing that mm-hmm. stuff, you know. I don't think anybody else ask Ordway who had to ink a lot of that stuff. He'd be like, Oh my god, <laughs> like another character, you know. Yeah, so, it takes forever. You gotta have patience to do that, you know. But so. Absolutely. Yeah, hopefully, and hopefully and all of them are detailed. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's not like. And, and you ever see Nightwing's costume? People always break his stones about that because it's so complicated. When you see all the little detail. Uh, oh, what's the other one? Deathstroke mm-hmm. or uh, Deathstroke's got a complicated mm-hmm. costume, and um, the Marvel uh, version of it. I just the one that was just in the Black Widow Taskmaster. He's got a cape. Yeah. He's got mm-hmm. buccaneer boots. He's got a shield. He's got so much stuff. It's not funny, you know? So craziness. Yeah. But photo reflexes. Yeah, and, and I think it's funny because it's also funny because I think that JLA Avengers is really kind of that love letter to all the crossovers that you've always seen. And they really feel like they judge everything. I mean, they even do, I mean, they have, oh, who would, oh, Thor versus Superman or, oh, hey, yeah. here's Captain America versus Batman. But, and then they even do Hawkeye versus uh, Green Arrow, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, you know, again, it's just so, it's such a big book that you don't realize it until you're like reading it. And like you said, Mitch, like there's so much detail yeah. like you and it like it's funny because i definitely agree with that because the, the 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 big worlds and whatnot but i i noticed it especially when i was rereading hulk and perfect you know you just see dystopia and you see all of these people and it's just so elaborate yeah. and it just you you really get that dystopian feel but everything is gorgeous you yeah know, nothing is uh is rushed or Feels like I was like, oh well, I'll just you know, a couple blank faces, wrap it up, and send it over. He took his time. Everything looks fantastic. It's just, yeah, it's just like you said. There's, there's gonna, there's nobody else like him, and they'll never really. No, he's, he's got such Perez. a clean style too. When he came aboard, you got to understand it was like Neil Adams was the was the shit. Okay, he was the guy. Everybody went to be Neil Adams in the early seventies, and then you had a lot of Neil mm-hmm. Adams clones and such. And then George comes around. And he takes it and he does his own thing. But then you got to see those like John Byrne was coming around, who was going a variation of Neil Adams. Bill Sienkiewicz was doing this Neil Adams thing. But George kind of comes up with his own style mm-hmm. that's so clean and it's so detailed. Like you said, I mean, every single character is 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 not like a, a whitewash of everybody. Sometimes you see some people, they'll do a group shot and pretty much they all look the same. Like even Byrne has a problem with faces like if it wasn't for the coloring you know reed richards looks just like colossus looks just like captain america so they have the same facial expression you know the same eyebrows right. it's kind of very similar but when perez does it every single individual has their mm-hmm. own features their own you know nose their eyes they look very unique and it's not like the copycats so like oh i'm just going to mm-hmm. do one one style for the whole thing, you know? Absolutely. And tying in with what you're saying, Mitch, um, in this storyline particular, in the JLA Avengers, um, there's different, because the uh, two planets or two universes are merging together. Yeah. um, People are phasing to different versions of that character. And it's done very smoothly, and it Mm -hmm. doesn't ruin the continuity of the story. You don't get lost in it. 
A no, lot of no, times no. when I see artists and writers put things like that together, sometimes it starts to get confusing. But here, yeah. it's just like this yeah. smooth, beautiful, clean transition. Yep. Yep, absolutely. I mean, and then the same thing, too, when the, the Crisis book came out. I, I talk about a multitude of characters, too. You had Mike DiCarlo inking them, then Ordway comes in and starts inking the book, too. There's so many DC characters, but you had the World War II Superman from Earth One. You had the regular Superman. You had the different Batman. You had the different uh, Huntress and all that. So he 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 takes his time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how George managed to, like, there was no internet, okay? There's no way you can go Google what that costume looks like from that character. I can't see a reference to it, but he just manages to give every single character a detailed individual look and it's amazing one of those things maybe we should ask him uh why we still can how did he do all this in the days before the internet the days before you can go simply you know google a bunch of characters or go get a digital copy of what the book would look like i mean you'd have to have a vast library well mitch do you remember marvel universe i wonder if he just had a stack of those no this was a lot of this was before that i mean the crisis was 85 86 they had just started doing the history of the marvel universe and dc had the who's who right but, i mean i guess they would just go through the files at the uh mm-hmm. the different companies and and dig up old comics and see what everybody looked like you know but, yeah and apparently he had a rich appreciation for um all the characters not just the major ones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah, at, and he, you know he's a local uh, guy too he's but, from the bronx and, and, which is like people always go, oh, where did he study mm-hmm. around the world? I go, he's he's right over here from New York, so it's a local guy. I Mitch, was he born here? Or was he born in Puerto Rico? I think he was here. I think he was born here. Might have come over when he was really early, but I'm pretty sure he was born in the Bronx. Okay, because I know folks that went to school with him. In fact, one of the guys comes to Cape Comics. I see him a lot. A uh, fellow named Tom. He's like, oh, there's the shot. Look at that. That's craziness. You know, but uh, yeah, they, they they went to high school with George. They talk about it and uh, everybody's just trying to emulate his style. It's like, look, look at that, because right now uh, you see this look here in the 80s. Things start to shift. You got Walt Simonson's got his own unique look. You got Frank Miller's doing that minimalistic look. So things start to change. You don't see this high detail anymore. You get your Ordways, your Dan Jurgens. They kind of continue this look where they get in there and they draw all the hairs and the razor stubble on everybody, but a lot of the artists were going more for that stylized, you know, they were going for that motion. And then in the nineties, you got your whole uh, image guys. They, nobody did stuff like this. You know, there was the Liefelds, the McFarlands, the Larsons. They all went on their cartoony kind of look where George kept it more realistic, you know? So, I mean, you could steer. I think I had Mm -hmm. a print of this. If I remember, I think I had a poster of something like this and you would just stare at all the characters. Oh my God. You know, yeah. how long I'm, must that have taken? Just that one spreadsheet. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. It, it's gotta be days. That must be like 75, 100 characters. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and they and they all fit. I mean, yep. you know, they're Lego sets that can't do that. See, nowadays what they would do is probably draw them individually and then layer them in Photoshop. And put mm-hmm. them together like mm-hmm. that. Then this yeah. isn't Photoshop. This is pencil. This is pen and ink. This is paper. You know. Yeah, yeah. It had yeah, to rethink everything. You know. Yeah. Imagine just in black yeah, and white this, trying this... to ink that. <laughs> your eyes would be falling out of your head. Like I can't. Where Pretty am much. I? Yeah. <laughs> what hero is it 
That's not what Superman's exactly, cape you know? supposed to look like. <laughs> yep. Um, I mean, look at the bottom. Look, you got but, Golden Age Flash. You got Barry Allen's Flash. You got Wally West Flash. You got Quicksilver. I mean, he's like got a little checklist in his head, like do all the speedsters. Now do all the Power Girls. There's Power Girl. There's Supergirl. There's uh, okay. Now do all the gods. There's Wonder Woman. There's Thor. There's Superman. There's it's 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 amazing the checklist that's going on in this this image. You know, and it's looking and. Awesome. and and it's and it's funny because I, I remember one of my favorite moments is that you have Darkseid wearing the yep. Infinity Gauntlet and Thanos was a parody of I think Darkseid. Dark yeah. At one yep. point. Yeah. So you, you have that where this should be like I mean comic I mean comic fans are always doing like, oh, who's better, who's more powerful? You have literally the ultimate thing. You have dark side wearing the infinity gauntlet i mean this is the stuff of nightmares and it doesn't work and he just throws it away like it's nothing and you're and it's just like dude no um it's just i know and i know that's not one of the books we're talking about tonight but the infinity gauntlets george's work too the starlin perez infinity gauntlet that everybody Mm -hmm. knows now because of the movies and such again i think the funniest thing george said they spent billions of dollars making those movies where thanos says the snap and wipes out half the universe and george does it in three panels you know it's like oh yeah look at all that million dollar special effects watch this oh that's it i just wiped out half the two hours yeah Yeah. right so so with the uh with the glove not working in the different universe in in this book was that the first time that's been brought up well, I know they just did it on the TV show Loki. They talked yeah, about Infinity yeah. Gems not working because of the multi-universe thing. Um, yeah, I think so. I, if I recall, mm-hmm. I mean, I read this a long time ago, late '90s, early 2000s. I got my copies yeah. from somewhere, and I was going to try to dig them up mm-hmm. tonight. Yeah, but, um, I think that's the first time that they find out that the magic doesn't work. You know? Yeah, because I, I know, because I know Dark Side meets thanos during dc versus marvel because you know they had to um and then i know that when amalgam happened dark side and thanos match creates i believe it was thanos side Mm. you know of course um but yeah leo i think that's the first time we've seen that oh artifacts outside of their own universe don't do diddly squat so maybe a powerhouse in the marvel world but Mm. Yeah, as soon as I read that, because this was my first read, is is you know uh, that we just saw that in Loki, and you know yeah. did they get the idea from this this book? Probably, probably. You know the thing of it is, this book that we're looking at now, either you got the individual issues, and I know the fourth issue is hard to come by. That's the one with Superman holding Thor's hammer on the cover. That's a that's yes, sir, a pricey collectible right now. But this trade that you have up here. Yes. They never reprinted. It was out there once. Good luck trying to find that for a cheap price right now. And yeah. uh, there, Jeez, there was a petition yeah. circled out last week when George announced his ailment. Um, folks said, why can't Marvel and DC reprint this? Get the book to George to have him sign and sell it. And then all the proceeds go to help out George and his wife with all their, uh, you know, their, their medical stuff and, and things yeah. I think that's a great idea. But the reality is the, the, the reality is they're two big corporations. They're not human. Well, they're this 
They're corporations. They're this big monolithic things that just generate money. That's what they are. That's Disney and Warner Brothers are just, they're not people, they're entities. You know, they're like the spiritual, they're the gauntlet of uh, the world there. Okay. And I don't know if they would ever work together, even though it's such a good and noble cause. I don't think they could put their differences aside and pull this out and uh, reprint this and do what people said, have George sign them. But I think it's a great idea. I think it's fantastic right. if they could pull that off. But I don't know if it's going to really happen. Oh. Uh, we, we can we can hope. Oh, I mean, Sometimes companies still have to put out a goodwill. Right? So, you would hope. You would yeah, hope. Put some good face on for the uh, stockholders. Yeah. Somebody said, hey, yeah, look, they're in the business but, of making money. I'm like, yeah, I get it. But, you know, but no, but that, that would be a dope idea. I'm, I'm like, yeah, the uh, the hardcovers oh, I think going for like three hundred on Amazon right now. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. yeah, dear dear God. Yeah, it. I will say as a collector, you know, someone who's who not as much anymore, but still uh, buying issues. It's so crazy when I'll I'll look online, like oh, guys, when we reviewed Frey versus Jason versus Ash, you know, I looked online about a trade paperback, and they're like, oh, it's like four hundred bucks. I'm like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah, it's a reprint. You know, yeah, you, 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 it's exactly. You don't even exactly like. And I have the issues, and like I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. And someone's like, oh yeah, better collect them. I was like, what? Why? Why would I collect them? They're books. Like if someone's like, hey, I want to read this, I'm like, okay, here you go. Like I know some people are about that, but me, I'm like, no, they're meant to be read. If I can introduce someone to this bomb ass story that they're gonna love and it's gonna get them hooked on comics, like, well, here you go. You know, it's better than spending no, money. No, on, it used to be uh, when I was a kid, reprints were worthless. Honestly, there was like Marvel Tales, which reprinted Spider-Man. There was, uh, oh, was it World's Greatest Comics that did uh, Fantastic Four? Those were like, you threw those out because they weren't the real deal. Right. They were just a cheap reprint. And if you couldn't get the book because there was no Internet, you'd go get the uh, the reprint and you'd read it and then you'd just throw it away. It was worthless. But like you said, you go online now and try, I got, look, I got omnibuses back here that are just reprints of old books. And then I'll go, oh yeah, I didn't get volume two. Let me go look on eBay. Freaking volume two is like four or $500 because they only print so many. It's like, wait a second. I could go get the single issues for cheaper than that if mm -hmm. I just want to read the story or go buy it digitally and read the story. Yeah, I don't understand right. what happened over the last 15 years about uh, collections and trades and such like that. They used to be cheap as could be. Now they're they're high priced items like everything else. So absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's crazy, you know, and I, and I understand now the appeal it's because, Oh, why would I have, uh, you know, especially cause more and more creators are charging for their autograph. Like why would I yeah. spend all this money for five issues when I can just spend the money and have all of them in one collection get signed? I'm like, yes, I, I see your point, but some of us are strange <laughs> and prefer individual issues uh, mm -hmm. to, Trade paperbacks. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm looking at my trade paperback collection here. Some you gotta get in trade paperback, like Sandman. Like, mm. yeah, that's a but that works as a book. Mm. Like, you know, it's it's no one's gonna fault you for it. But just it's just again, it's the fads of the seller market. But then yeah, then yeah. you know, it's the same thing. Like, you know, a guy trying to claim that he's not gonna sell if he has six of the same issue getting signed. I'm like, really? How dumb yeah. do you think I am? Yeah, you yeah. like we 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 know, but yeah. um, but back back to you know everything with this like 
this is, I think, one of probably the best crossovers that's ever been made. And uh, Mitch, I agree with you. I don't know why it was slept on. I mean, I understand that there was a lot of things going on behind on the scenes. You know, people switch hands, you know, companies, relationships deteriorate. Well, but it really is, you know, a big thing. I was going to say, they were getting together in the 70s when they had Superman versus Spider-Man. They did that twice. Then they did the Hulk meets Batman. So things were going well. They even mm-hmm. did Wizard of Oz between DC and Marvel. They teamed up to do an adaptation of the uh, the Wizard of Oz movie. And then right around the early 80s, the oh, goodwill God. just went away. And that's when that book got shelved. Yeah. And then in the 90s, when they realized that the industry was pretty much screwed and you know stores were closing everywhere and it was imploding on itself, they said, hey, we're in the same boat. You know, we both sell the same stuff. Mm-hmm. We both sell soap. You sell Irish Spring. I sell Dove. At the end of the day, it's still soap. So they got together yeah. and they started working on crossovers once again. And that's why you had like Batman meets Captain America and you have the Amalgam universe. And that's when this spun out. And then what happens? Mm-hmm. There's a falling out. You got your Joe Casada over here. You got your Paul Levitz over here. And then they, they split up and they haven't been back since. And that's in the what early 2000s i think it was that's the last time marvel and dc really got together on anything and uh yeah and that's why this isn't coming out again that's why you don't see these reprinted because they're just the lawyers don't get along well and they're not going to make this come out again so if you find it grab it you know i've seen them in bargain bins i've seen them sometimes in the you know dollar bins some of the the books and if they're there they're foolish not to grab it because you're never going to come across it easily so, but try to find issue right. four. That's the hard one. Issue one, two, and three are easy. Four was like once Captain America picked up that Thor's hammer a couple years ago, suddenly Superman holding Thor's hammer took off and it was like impossible to find for a decent price. Well, thank well, thank you, Mitch. Now I suddenly feel so much better that I have that. And it's signed yeah, by yeah, all yeah. of them. You know, that's signed by Kurt, George, and I believe it was Tom Smith was thinker. Tom Smith was the colorist. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. What it was one of them because I know he was at a con too. Um, because he was this because he also did a lot of George's work. I know because he also inked. Yeah, he um, did. He did. When I had him in Bridgeport, I had uh George and then Joe Rubenstein, the inker, next to him, and then Tom Smith was right next to him coloring stuff. So you'd get a pencil, Rubenstein inked it, and then Tom colored it right there on the spot. So that was pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So some nice argument out there today. Now, uh, with the crossovers, uh, with with the crossovers, just recently we had, was it Jason Momoa asking for a, uh, a live action crossover? There was somebody else asking for it as well. I can't remember who it was. For, for a live, live action crossover, I, was it Hugh Jackman? Might have been Hugh Jackman. Somebody said, well, "Can Wolverine meet so and so?" And they're like, "Those are different universes." They're like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah, and and <laughs> somebody asked uh, Jason Momoa, and he said, "Like, uh, we can make it happen, or something like that." Uh, so, I mean, people are talking about it. You know, it's it's uh, you know maybe one day the mouse will own everything, and and it'll happen, but. Now, Mitch, do you know um, in Infinity Gauntlet, George did one to three and then sort of took a step back? Yeah, and then Ron Lim comes in. Why did that happen? Uh, I think, and we're talking early 90s. Like you said, I think he was doing his own project because I know there was this other company that started up. Was it not Sirens? I know George did a book called Sirens later, but he might have gone on to another 
his own book. It wasn't at Marvel. I'll tell you that. That was like the last Marvel thing he was doing. Maybe he was having an issue with the Marvel brass at the time. Well, that's everything was changing hands back in the early nineties. You know, I can't remember what he went to go do. I, I don't, I don't recall the book. I do know there was some other project he was on. So maybe that's why he didn't do the whole, uh, the whole series because it was the infinity gauntlet, then the infinity crusade or the infinity war. There's three stories. I'm trying to remember which comes next. I think it's the infinity war. Then the crusade came after that. And that's all Ron. What you said, Mitch. Yeah. Uh Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what George went to do. I can't remember what the book was, but I do in my head, I can see pictures in my head of this girl with really curly hair. And I'm trying to remember what the story was. That he went to do. Hold on, I'm looking it up. Was it for totally Bravura? It up. Yeah. Bravura was a company that started um, up and had Shaken, Starlin, um, a couple other people. And I think you mentioned Malibu. I don't remember him going to Malibu. I remember that being on Brayfogle that did Prime. Where did he do Sirens on? Who? Sirens was, um, geez, not that long ago. That had to be in 2013, 2014. I saw Sirens coming out mm-hmm. on the shelves. That was his own book. So. Would that be mm-hmm. his most recent known work? Well, he did Superman when they relaunched Superman. Remember Superman was wearing like blue jeans and a t-shirt? That was George. Right. Okay. That. that was Action Comics, I think. And then he does, I, I think it was Sirens. I think that was his last steady big book that he was on because then he had eye problems i knew that that took him out of the game and he couldn't draw too well after that oh, okay. and then he had him for surgeries so okay yeah so I don't that's it. so now i know what it was it was because while he was working on infinity gauntlet he was also doing war of the gods so that's it you know the wonder woman thing yeah okay yeah all right i knew there was yeah. something that was going on and when he he was falling behind, he wanted to quit War of the Gods because it was, quote-unquote, highly stressful, um, but he was contractually obligated to finish it. And, you know, that, and then, um, because he was also, at that time, used to being both a writer and an artist, he got, he got a little critical of Starlin, how Starlin was doing Infinity Gauntlet. That contributed to a lack of, um, what's looking for, um, uh, like la- loss of enthusiasm, and apparently it also said that Starlin claimed that he was also acting at the time. So I guess that was apparently some sort of big contributor to the scheduling. So then, when it was clear that he couldn't do the deadline for the fourth issue, mm-hmm. Ron Lim came on, and yeah. So yeah, so pretty much, pretty much that. And the rest is history. He, I think he continued to ink it though. He did the covers, I think. He did the covers, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm, I know, because I have his autograph on all six of the Infinity Gauntlet issues, except issue four, which was okay. the what I call the Thanos come at me, bro. Cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. you know, hey, come on. Um, yeah. And, yeah, uh, I got that yeah, as a T-shirt. But, yeah. No, nice. But... Um, but like I said, you know, when we were talking about what books to, to do a tribute, I mean, I, I'm, I got to segue into, I could not think of a better example of, of 
George's work than uh, Future Imperfect. I mean, it's a two-issue story, and it is, like I said, it's one of my favorite Hulk stories because they do in two oversized issues what I think it would take sometimes modern storytellers, six, eight issues. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, it was, and it still wouldn't be the scope and the awesomeness that is Hulk perfect. I mean, it's such a great story. And even, and even if you don't know Hulk mythos the way that, you know, some fans do like me, I, I, I knew some, um, I read it, I got it immediately. And I was like, wow, this is both a great Testament to Peter David, who is still writing Maestro to this day. Yeah. Yeah. That Marvel. series just came out. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm, yeah. And then, I mean, Another great example of why George's work is unparalleled. I mean, you see some of those shots for um, for the city, for the battles. I mean, it is just beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, and for those listening who have no idea what the hell I'm talking about, because, you know, it's easier for us to tell you, uh, the story is essentially in a dystopian future marvel which got wiped out by nuclear war this is the last city of the world where everyone is under the rule of the maestro who we find out is a version of the hulk that absorbs so much radiation he went insane and as you know hulk the matter he angry or matter he gets stronger he is so if he's fucking insane it he clearly is the strongest he's ever been so in order to fight him some the rebels uh, find Dr. Doom's time machine, go back and find the one person who could take care of Maestro, which would be his younger self. But you're like, oh, how can he fight him and not dissolve? The multiverse, kids. The multiverse. Which is explained to us in a very genius way that, like I said, would have been at least two episodes of filler. So if anyone wants to, to cut me off on my rant, please do so, because I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, you forgot to include the Hulk has a harem. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he does. There's some tasteless drawings there. Uh, tasteful, correction, not tasteless. I mean, tasteful. My apologies, slip the tongue. Um, yep. There's his trophy but, room. Yeah, I love that one. Boom. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's got I, everything I, in there. Yeah. It does. And I think one of my favorite scenes was when they went back to convince Rick mm -hmm. and like how they they did it. You know, the, on the back of his Avengers pass and what he wrote, I was like, wow. And again, just Mitch, like you said, two pages. That would yeah. have been like 20 minutes of, of a film scene. Two pages. Yeah. He's done. Got it. Story continues. Oh, I know. It's crazy. It's got Wolverine skeleton in there. You just look around the room. You're like, it's got a freaking Sentinel head. It's got Spidey's mask. He's got his web shooters over there. Thor's hammer. Ultron. I mean, it's just like every freaking thing in the Marvel. There's Dr. Ox arms off to the side. The Absorbing Man's Wrecking Ball. Mm -hmm. Everybody's mask is up there from Magneto to freaking the Black Knight. I mean, Jesus. Nova Corps. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. it's, you know? it's Easter Egg Central. I mean, even oh, yeah. he, he yeah. wrote on the back of the Avengers Pass was about what you and I did with Marlowe. You know, mm -hmm. Marlowe was a character that was during the Grey Hulk era. That's right. It was Rick Jones' girlfriend. Yeah. And um, so that was just a quick thing. But if you're a nerd and you're a Hulk nerd, you're like, oh, that is really awesome that they just they just put that little, little fact in there. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, well, this trophy room also shows just so much of that, so much nerd beauty well, and Easter eggdom. Yeah. Well, Beautiful. Ha- having been a fan of Peter David's work for years, um, he he definitely has a great affinity for things. And he also likes to link his characters in a way that isn't kind of um, very obvious and a little annoying. <clears throat> Stephen King. Um, you know, he he always links them back in a way that makes sense, but also doesn't like completely erode the stories that mm-hmm. have been created. And it's just, again just just fantastic like i i i can't really praise this any more than i already have because it's just fantastic i mean i mean even talking to old rick jones i mean this is rick jones this is the reason the hulk is the hulk mm-hmm. and uh you know it's coming all full circle and then you have maestro is just a fucking psychopath yeah like geez like <laughs> Look at that. Fantastic. Yep. They even say the same line to each other. <sighs> and uh, Younger Hulk actually gets his neck broken in one of the battles. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it is a slow recovery. And it, it's so funny that he is killed by himself, but he doesn't die because that whole thing where the Hulk is essentially kind of immortal is a big part mm-hmm. of the immortal Hulk series, which yeah. uh, wrapped yep. up yep. this year. So again, this story is great because there's so many layers, yeah. you know, the entire time they're fighting, you know, Maestro is trying to convince Hulk to join him. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the inevitability. We are the only ones who will survive because in the end, everything you love will be gone. Mm-hmm. You know, even the world that you protect will destroy itself so just accept that and rule with me um and because hulk is hulk he's like no accept that and uh uh, you go one back leo um this is the beginning where maestro uh starts to torture uh poor bruce there uh by number one presenting him a woman that looks like betty and uh she uh let's say uh Takes things well in hand, uh, much to the Hulk's chagrin and the Maestro's yeah, she... pleasure. And uh, just a just we're, a different kind of evil thing that you won't see in the comics normally. Nope, definitely. Uh, let's guys, let's just say that there was definitely some gamma fallout in that bedroom. That's all we're oh, we're geez. gonna say. Definitely. Yep. Um, I'm, 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 that's, that's, you know what? I wasn't gonna make one. It's the only one I'm going to say. Okay, that's it. As a story point of view, as a story point of view, though, is is looking at it, you know, as both characters uh, uh, through their eyes, you know, where, you know, uh, Maestro's pleasure, you know, is is Hulk's pain is is just uh, just crazy to think of, you know, just, uh, you know, how much pain is he going through that, you know, he can't let himself, you know, have uh, any sort of pleasure, you know? Mm-hmm. Indeed. But, oh, my God. It's such a, it's so, like, again, just rereading it, it's fantastic. Yes, yes, Rich. No, I was just going to say, you know, Bruce is a more complex character than the Maestro is, where he wants a woman with intellect that if he's going to 
receive pleasure. He wants to have feelings and, but for the maestro, it's nothing at this point. It's just pleasure yeah. and uh, calling to his carnal interests. Well, yeah, because in this case, Maestro is the gamma superpowered version of Alexander the Great. He he no longer needs to weep because there are no worlds to conquer. So this is what he has. This is all everything. And he's fine with it because he's number one. Hulk is Hulk is all. You know? Um Yeah. Magic on power. I, I'm still dealing with the fact that that this guy, the minister, is such a spineless oaf that he'll try to kill Hulk, he'll stop, he'll help them, will force to be help them. And then when the tables have turned back to Maestro, no, 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 it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I'm good. Like they forced me. And the Maestro is like, dude, please. Yeah. I was like, God damn, man. Like, go, go, go it. But um, I also, again, Hulk using weapons. Like, you wouldn't think that that's terrifying, but that I somehow think that's even more terrifying. Because you, you think Hulk himself is this figure of, of, of power and whatnot. What, what would he need a gun for? But, goddamn. But it, in terms of battles, the fight in the trophy room is the best. I mean, you've never, like, I've only ever seen one other time Hulk has used, and that was in the Ultimates, uh, Hulk has used Cap Shield with such danger, mm. but this one, oh god! Like yeah, totally levels them. Levels them, jeez. Yeah. And then falling on Wolverine's claws was just yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor, poor Rick Jones, man. The the Marvel's best worst sidekick. Yeah, just couldn't. Just couldn't couldn't find couldn't find one. But the ending is still like the way that they brought it all around the ending. Oh my god, that's gotta be the best. That's gotta be the best revenge I've ever seen Hulk take on somebody um since Immortal. I mean, you literally brought it back to where it all began. Yep. Yep. And and in the end, that that still didn't stop Maestro because Maestro would continue to be a Marvel villain or oh, yeah. versions of him, because yeah. you know. So yeah. time. I'll tell you, this was such a great book. I remember when they came out with the action figure in the '90s. I was like running across the street to KB. I worked in Norwalk, Connecticut, and uh, and there was a KB toy store in our lunch hour. We were like, let's go find this, and somebody's like, oh my god, they made a Maestro figure, and I still have it somewhere here. And it came with the hammer and it came with the shield and all that. Nice. And then they literally just redid this uh, a couple months ago. Hasbro came out with a bigger version of mm-hmm. the Maestro. And it's it's somewhere in this mess. But uh, it's a it's an amazing piece. It's a great story. Like when you said we're going to talk about this tonight, I have my two issues over there. And I haven't opened them up in about 25 years. I was going to read the whole thing before we did the show. And I'm like, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time because I was looking for that. I was looking for the JLA, and then I'm like, you know, what I do have mm-hmm. on my shelf is another Fantastic George book, is The Crisis on Infinite Earths, mm-hmm. which, again, is a classic. I mean, there's, wh- how many folks can you name that have touched so many epic stories 
like Perez has. I mean, Crisis on Infinite Earths, that's somebody's, you know, opus. That's their greatest thing ever. For other artists, that might be it. But no, that's just one of many different books that he's managed to touch. That was another great one when you were going through what books you were going to talk about. I was like, the first one I thought of was Crisis. Because that to me is like the first time ever some epic multi-universe world explosion thing happened with all these billions of characters. And who's doing it? George Perez. And then there's the Titans. You can go on about the Teen Titans, that whole run that he did with the Judas contract and all that. That's an amazing story. I mean, there's just so many gems in George's career that it's it's really hard just to pick two or three to talk about. No, and absolutely. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No words. Well, we had discussed, Mitch, of doing like Titans, but we just figured everyone was going to do Titans. Yeah. And then Crisis is just such a huge story. And then with all the spinoffs of that, it's just insane oh, to yeah. try to go over. Yeah. But uh, you know what would uh, be, you know be a, a real challenge? And I think the future hmm. Imperfect probably the closest to it. I was going to say pick one book, just one that represents like the, the greatness of George Perez's style and his artwork and his storytelling with images and such. And I was like that, you just had that up there. That was, that's a pretty good representation. I mean, you know, the yeah. fights, the, the brutality of the, this, the, the, the punches, you could feel them when he's punching the cap shield and Rick's just torn to pieces there. And then at the end with the explosion and it recreates the very first Jack Kirby image with the bomb going up and, you know, making the negative image of mm-hmm. Bruce Banner and his scream. It's all in there. So I, I'm going to say Future Imperfect is pretty much a great representation of George Perez's uh, amazing artwork. You know, if you had to just pick a standalone oh, series yeah. like that, totally. you know, that's out there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying, there's got to be, that... be another one out there that's just a one issue, you know. Oh, man. I, I, I feel like one of his issues of Infinity Gauntlet probably would also be a good example. I mean, you got that yeah. scope. Yeah, Infinity Gauntlet's um, up there too. But again, um, a lot of it might be as simple like, like I said, I used to love him on Marvel Two and One, which was a throwaway team up book with the Thing, and George would do fantastic work on stuff. And they, like I said, he's done Fantastic Four, he's done almost everybody. You know? mm-hmm. Avengers, there was yeah, totally. two times on the Avengers. You know, the stuff that he did in the seventies, and then he comes back uh, with Kirk Music. There's some amazing work there too. Um, I don't know. It's it's really hard to pinpoint. Just like you know, if you had to go out tomorrow and buy the greatest hits ever, yeah, of George Perez, what would you buy for somebody? Oh, that's a legacy. Ooh. That's something to look back upon. I hope George is looking there and realizing that so many fans are there coming up to him with so many different books. Like you said, you had the Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Somebody could bring the JLA mm-hmm. book. Somebody could bring the Titans book. Somebody could bring the event. There's so many books and so many decades. How many other artists got to do stuff in four or five decades? You know, that still impacted people. Yeah. But they came up. I mean, Jack Kirby, <laughs> Byrne. I mean, there's not that many people. Neil Adams, you know, that actually had such oh a long God, career. Yeah. But his, his fantastic four run, but I that was in the mm-hmm. 70s, yeah. I, but yeah, but Mitch, I am that fan who would still bring all of those just to get oh, I know, I know. You're the, the guy, I, you're the guy I have to tap on the shoulder at my shows and go, Sir, could you please stand at the back of the line and let the other people come through <laughs> that have only one or two issues? And you've got your little small box on your I, little, 
your little luggage cart and you want to get like <laughs> I'm like, dude, well, uh, okay. Back in an hour, we... uh, okay. But you know, I'd what? like to stress I have George would hmm. sign every one of those books and he did that stuff when I was in Bridgeport with him. He said that one I can't remember mm-hmm. the guy did bring in a long box of like 300 books and he said, Listen, and again, mm-hmm. is in that pleasing, kind George voice that could talk you down off a wall, you know, if you're going to jump. Could you please wait until all these other people have had an opportunity to get their one or two books signed? And I will gladly sign all your books once I'm done with these people. And the guy, okay. And he just walked away and let everybody, and true to his word, as soon as the uh-huh. line was gone, George, come back. And, and now the guy comes back and he gladly starts signing hundreds of books, yeah. you know? Right. And the guy wasn't mad. He wasn't like, oh, screw you. I came all the way up here from Texas and I want my stuff right, now. Right. Okay. You know, very pleasant, walked away. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's a model on how mm-hmm. to treat people, you know? And, and it's something it, rare uh, that. Only certain people, uh, and, and and I believe it was uh, you, Rich, that were telling me that you know he was one of the first people to show up at a con and always yeah. last to leave. Yep, he would be there. The show would open like at ten in the morning. He'd be there at nine. Yep. And you're like, what's? And a lot of times, guys come in mm-hmm. late. I'll tell you the truth. A lot, of, a lot of big name artists types or writer types wait until their line grows before they'll make, even though they're supposed to be there at two o'clock. They they know they're there sometimes and they let it grow. I've been there and and they'll wait till like two thirty to show up and the lines down the street and people are like oh it's like oh look at the anticipation you know but not him nope he was there before the show opened and then is everyone there is anyone left is anybody everybody got their autograph I don't want to miss anybody and he would make sure every single person even if the building was closed we'd have to get that last Mm -hmm. couple in for him to sign and then he'd let he didn't want anybody to walk away and say. I didn't get what I, I needed to get from him. You know, he didn't want any bad blood between him. Yeah. Him. So, yeah. Again, that's, yeah um, that's very rare. I, 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 I need to state just to, for my own ego, I have never been a cart person. I was always a rolling suitcase, Mitch. And I have always okay. been cognizant okay. if there's a long line. I just, I, I, I feel like I had to say, because I've seen those guys. And I remember oh, yeah. one of the I many know. times, I, I, I remember one of the many times I met Peter David. He yep. told me about this one guy who had all of his incredible Hulk run, which, gentlemen, uh, Mitch, you know this. And oh, yeah, I don't know if you guys know this, too. Three big run back here. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and he had all of it in issue form, and he wanted all of them to be autographed by Peter David, which, you know, Peter David, I've given him stacks, and he just marathons this shit no, out. He, he loves yeah, that. Yeah. But, but – the guy wanted it like each one to be personally autographed. And Peter David was like, hell no. <laughs> like, Peter David will not. He, that no. man does not mince words. If it, if it is an no. unreasonable request, he will promptly tell you, hell no. No. Respectfully no, no. speaking. <laughs> Andy Cooper, uh, he'll, he'll sign the books. I've been with him in Boston. And there was a guy that came with a long box on a cart. And Andy did the same thing. So could you please wait till everyone's done? As soon as the guy was done, they bring him over and he stacked like 300 books. And Andy Cooper, uh, Andy Cooper, Andy Cooper, Andy Cooper. I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, I was, yeah. I wouldn't do it, you know. But I, 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 I have I have to say that there have been cases I've been that guy. Um, you know, think, you know, we learn, we learn, we evolve and we we grow up and learn that it's better to get arcs signed than the whole goddamn run. But yeah, uh, yeah. Rich, 
Yeah, yeah. Rich, don't look at me like that. Um, I didn't say anything. But yeah, I know you didn't have to. I felt that gaze. Like, and, oh, it, and I, I got to tell you, this is before CGC. This is before people had witnesses that would like encapsulate the book and increase the value. I mean, I've got boxes of books that are just signed. They're not, there's no value. There's no like CGC. It's just a personal thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you know, I really like that book. Could you just sign it? I, you know, I, I don't really, I'm not smart enough to understand the whole psychology behind stuff like that. You know, like you bought it, they got their money, you got your enjoyment out of it. Mm-hmm. you're bringing it back to them to have them know that you like and they sign it it's a weird uh, fan thing that you can't really put a finger on why it's like that but i, I there is a gratification that yeah. comes knowing that you've expressed to them thank you very much for the effort and all the work because it did bring some mm-hmm. joy to you somehow on some level there's some kind of uh, satisfaction knowing that they know and, and like george says in his letter that he wrote last week he wants to have that one opportunity to come out and the fans to see him at least one more time uh, to just talk to each other, you know? Yeah. And like I said, when I wrote about meeting him, he loved the, the fans love George and George loves his fans. True. And that's all you can really say. I mean, he, mm-hmm. I mean, look, everyone has a bad day. If he's having a bad day and God knows he, he's entitled because like I said, the physical ailments he's had endure, you'll never know. You'll never see it. He doesn't sit there. He doesn't like, you know, he doesn't have a puss on his face. Like, why the hell are you here? Or get the hell away. It was never rude, never swore at anybody, never said anything like that. Always smile, standing up, greeting people, happy to see them. And again, people have memories for him for decades about how much fun he's always been around and how much fun it's to be with George and never a negative thing. Not one person I think is on this planet. that can say they had a bad encounter with him at any show anywhere, you know? So that's, that's a testament to, 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 to how just fantastic he is, you know? So I hope the rest Absolutely. of them yeah. out there learn from him. You know what? Everyone's here to teach somebody something. I hope, the younger artists, the younger creators that are out there on the circuit that are big, the new big deals, look over and say, look at that guy. Mm-hmm. He's been here since the 70s. He started off on the bottom and look how much he's achieved. And he never forgot mm-hmm. to be appreciative of the Where? people that paid for him to be there. OK, that's a big thing that a lot mm-hmm. of people lose. And it's very aggravating for me as a producer because I have to defend people. I have to say, well, you know, so and so is having a bad day. Look. My dad worked construction, okay? He worked in the hot goddamn sun when it was 100 degrees out. That's a real hard fucking job. That's a fucking job you don't want, okay? You don't want to be a cop. You right. don't want to be a fireman. You, these are real jobs. To sit there and bitch and moan. But people got to do them. That you can't sign your fucking name to somebody who's shown up and paid money to sit there and to see you. And you're too like, oh, I got to leave. I don't want to sign. Yeah, get over yourself. Okay, get over yourself. You are not the be and and end all of anything. You're just another person that's been fortunate through God's grace and your talent to get to a certain level. Don't forget the people that helped put you there. Sign their damn book, talk to them, say hello and say thank you. And for the fans, don't be a jerk back. Be appreciative of them, too. They don't work for you, but just say, hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for your work. Thanks for coming down here. Thank you. Let's let's just be like I said George was. 
equal respect on both sides, the fan side and on the other side of the table, the creator side. If that was it, you'd be amazed how much that would radiate and make the whole myth of the angry fanboy go away. Because they always hear that. People are like, oh, they're just a bunch of angry fanboys. And that's just a, an angry uh, actor or artist that's having a bad day. And they're making excuses for people. It's like, you know what? Not that hard. You're only there for a couple hours. You know, Terrificon's three days. You know how many hours it really is? Right. About 17 hours. 17 hours in three days. That's all it is. You know, you're not giving breaks and lunches mm -hmm. and bathroom breaks. Come on, man. You know what right. I'm saying? If you can't be nice to somebody for 17 hours, what's wrong with you? You know, give me a break. Jesus H Christ. <laughs> Sorry. I'm on my pulpit, but no, I, no, I no, that, that's great. Yeah, no, no, no. With people backstage and going, Hey, um, could you go back out there and be a little nicer? What? I'm like, yeah. No, Mitch, you, you live that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we've all, we've all seen you. All three of us have seen you at your con. And you're always a gentleman. You're a madman. You, you try to make everyone have a great time. And that should totally be like stressful. And you should have this look of worry on your face. Yeah. But you you always keep so cool and so calm. Oh, well. For the yeah. most part. For the most it's part. Like, it's like my boss once said, when you see water. a swan, it looks so graceful as it's going across the water. Little do you know that underneath the water, its legs are going like this to keep itself afloat and it's freaking out, but it looks so calm. You you, you can't be the captain of the airplane and go like this. Oh my God, we're going to crash. You got to be like, oh, we're good. Everything's good. You wouldn't feel comfortable getting on an airplane if you saw the pilot shaking and saying a Hail Mary and going like this and hoping they land safely. So you got to be the guy in charge. You got to be calm. You got to make sure everything happens but th there's a lot behind the scenes you don't see that i'm kind of like right well, well my point was is that, Rich, that no. perhaps george rubbed off on you and you're you're such a mensch and you know even <laughs> yeah. if you come on and and you you, you still respond to me wow. i was I, I, you and i we went to the same comic shop at one point oh yeah we did i was gonna say of everybody in the show you've known me the longest so mm -hmm. you've seen behind the scenes and me, you know, punching walls and screaming and stuff. And it usually comes down to, and you said it to me too, I'm trying to please everybody. Right. I'm trying to make everybody have a great time to my detriment, to my own sickness. Like, oh my God, I'm going to explode, but I'm trying to make sure everyone's having fun. You're like, you got to step back. And Leo, people might not know this. My first job out of college for five years was an art director at a, a, a catalog company that years later, Leo would inherit mm -hmm. my job. We didn't know each other, but he did the same job I did. And it was like, oh, my God, weird. And I ran the whole show. I was the photographer, the art director, the, the, the guy. I was doing the same thing that I do for the conventions, except I was doing it in catalogs. I was doing everything. And, uh, yeah, you can't lose your crap. You can't go nuts. You can't start throwing things. You can't be a madman. You just have to be be like George. That's our new thing. Be like George. Be like Perez. George. Just be smile we're a lot more hawaiian shirts maybe we should start that's our tribute there we go you know what if you're listening mm -hmm. to this and you want to be at a show from now on cosplay's great but start buying more hawaiian shirts and every time you see a hawaiian shirt whether george is with us or he's not with us at some point in the future that's our little tip of the hat to mr perez and the, the inspiration he has for us 2022 more so, hawaiian shirts 2022 the year of the hawaiian shirt Oh, I'll, I'll I start so digging them out things. now. It gives me, uh, gives me a reason to dig them out. 
There you go. I have so many things to say. So I have so many thoughts because that rant was fantastic. So <laughs> sorry, one. sorry, I do this a lot. No, no, I, uh, no, that's love fine. It. Love it. No, no, no. So the few things. One, Mitch, I'm convinced that there, there's some timeline where I'm going to become you somehow. <laughs> you don't want to be. I was like, I'm wow. fat and nasty. You don't want. No, no, no. It, it, no, it, it was fine with that. I'm, I've accepted this future. <laughs> it's either that or I'm going to look like old Bruce Wayne from Batman Beyond. Either future is pretty fine with me. Two, what I heard was in 2022, George Con, all Perez, all the time. So yeah. everybody did that. Um, the the other thing is, dear sweet God, everything you've said is exactly anything I've thought about any creator that did online. <laughs> because lately, it just feels like, and I respect that a lot of guys are getting good cred. You know, a lot of books are blowing up. They get that money. A lot of these people have families and whatnot. And I understand cons have changed. And yeah. I understand that hotels are expensive. Transportation is expensive. People got to eat. Yeah. People got to drink water. All that. I'll thing. show you my I bills. So, yeah. Yeah. Charging. Charging makes sense. I get that. But like you said, when you. Uh, it's funny because I remember I was at Terrific Con and it was. I was waiting online with my friends and we were waiting for Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman. Okay. We there's, must have been they, waiting. they are two great guys. They will sign everything. So they're, they're yeah, exactly. People. But they, yeah, but they were running late and they were like 30, 40 minutes late. And like you said, people were getting irritable because you know, and whatnot, but they came in and like you said, they stayed until every person yep. on the line got everything. And I was like, you know what? And I was staying online for a friend. Like I was, I was getting books signed for my friend. I was like, you know, th- like I knew them, but I hadn't read Venom or King mm-hmm. of Black and, and whatnot. But you know, I knew who Donnie was, and I've been a big fan of Ryan since he did his work with on Dan Slott Spider Man. Yep. Um, but that was great. But then there are some people, and I hate to say it, some of it's older, some of it is younger. You know, like you said, they just they it's such an inconvenience. I was like, my dude, I bought your work. I'm supporting you. Yeah. Like you can't take two minutes to sit with me. Like you said, like they won't even get up. You know, they won't even shake your hand. It's just thank you. Bye. And I'm just like, really? Yeah. Like we can't have a conversation. I can't tell you about this moment that I really loved and why I loved it. You know, that you worked on, you birthed into here and um and like you said like sometimes you know and i'm very apologetic like if i call somebody and they're not signing their art and i ask them a question and they're like i'm sorry and then i'm like oh i'm so sorry you know yeah, i'll be back it. around that it. time you know yeah exactly i'm very much like i'm not an obnoxious fan like you know but i'll like god what was it i remember um it's funny enough again in Trificon, you had jms and I yep. met JMS back in like 2010. And okay. that was an amazing experience. Um, I didn't even get him to sign. I got him like a sign few comics, but I'm going to sign like a VHS of an episode he wrote for the real Ghostbusters, which mm-hmm. he loved. He was like, what the fuck? Um, he was so happy. And I took a photo with him. And then I met him at your con and I had like a shit ton of books. And I was going to get some things signed. Mitch, relatively speaking, you know, it's JMS. He was going to have a line and he didn't even, he just looked sad. He just looked kind of like dejected and bored. And he signed like, you know, I, yeah, it was, was, you know, I'm just, this is how I saw it. I I could be wrong. 
I was also mad because I brought a lot of books. I only got one sign because it was like first free and then 10 a pop. Oh, okay. Um, so I was probably, yeah, I was probably a little jaded there, but he just looked a little sad and I felt bad because I'm like, wow. And then I'm like, yeah, but what has he done since then? I'm like, eh, okay. Oh, no. He's but done um, lot, he's done movies with uh, Angelie Jolie. He's done that uh, Sense8. Yeah, I mean, he's been, he's been busy with a lot mm-hmm. of projects. Yeah. Exactly. But, but, you know, like you said, but, and, and like you said, maybe he was having a bad day. You know, maybe he was a little down. I don't know. They're people. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like yeah. you said, some, sometimes a lot of people I know, they're having a crappy day. But they meet a fan. They'll talk to you. They'll shake your hand. They'll, they'll you know, make a you joke. I, I'll tell it's you. I'll tell you. In 2010, I was in Philadelphia. And this has nothing to do with Perez or anything like that. But Walter Koenig, uh, who played mm-hmm. Chekhov on Star Trek. Uh, yeah. He was at this Wizard mm-hmm. World show I was at, and his mm-hmm. son had just passed away. Uh, he was on that, I don't know, was it Family Ties or one of those shows? He played Boner or Bonner or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, what right, show right, right. That was Family yeah. Ties, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, was it Family Ties? Okay. Yeah. So he was there, and there's Walter Koenig. There's Mr. Chekhov. And what he did at the show, and I've seen other actors do this, like uh, Ernie Hudson does it too. He was in costume. So he had that red Star Trek uniform from the movies, you know, with the little mm-hmm. turtleneck thing and stuff. And uh-huh. he's there, and, and no secret, he wears a hairpiece. I mean, he's, he's balding, so he had this Chekhov wig on. And he was just standing mm-hmm. in the aisle by himself as people walked by him like he wasn't even there, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's just standing there. And he's, I don't know how old he is, um, maybe what, 70s at that point. I don't know. And, you know, the guy, just on a human level, he had just lost his son not too long early, you know, about a month or so ago. And uh, I remember just watching people go by him and no one was doing anything. And he's just there. And talk about looking sad. I mean, this man had cause to be sad. So I walked up to him. I said, oh, hello, Mr. Koenig. How are you? He's like, oh, hello. And he was like in a little bit of a a fog, you know, deep in thought. I said, would you like a a water or something, like a bottle of water or soda? He's like, oh, Mm -hmm. uh, thank you. Thank you very much. That's that's very generous of you. No, I'm I'm good. I said, you sure you 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 want to sit down? Here? No, no, no. I'm fine. I'm fine. But thank thank you for asking. I said, yeah, yeah, not a problem. You know, I said, you know, just I don't want an autograph or a photo. I said, just want to see if you're okay. You know, everything all right? He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'm walking away, and he just he just have to because this is where I am. I said, I'm very sorry for your loss, and you just see his face for a brief second. It's almost like. You know, and he goes, oh, th- thank you kindly. And his voice dropped down. He just shook my hand and walked away. And that was it. I didn't ask for an autograph. I'm, I'm a big Star Trek fan as well. I knew who he was. But that was just it. Right. And I, again, like you said, you don't know what's going on in someone's world or whatever. But I always remember that. And it's been 12 years now. I just remember seeing him mm-hmm. standing there by himself in the midst of 30,000 fans running around. And he's in this, this kind of outfit, you know. And you just go, wow, how anybody you know if it was a, a cab driver or anybody just lost somebody close to them you do jesus god i'm i feel sorry for you you know and you just there nobody nobody seemed to care you know that's just got me people were just like in their own little world and taking pictures with you know whoever else there and getting autographs I'm I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Right. you gotta be a human people. being yeah they're, they're exactly there are human beings and yeah. you gotta remember that so again as much as i ran rave maybe something happened maybe he got a bad phone call maybe he had a bad stomach i don't know maybe he ate a bad salad or something i don't know but 
you know, just try to take that right, right. somewhat of consideration sometimes when you meet, like, you don't know what's going on there, you know, so. Especially this Absolutely. year, let me tell you, you know, this year's Terrificon with everything going on with the world, with COVID and all that stuff, everybody was a little mm-hmm. on edge. I mean, we were like, we were all back together after two years, but we were all extremely cautious and you, you could not right. be a, unaware of what was happening in the world and go, oh, look, we're all back to normal. Everything's, it wasn't back to normal. It was still a little like, let's be a little careful out there, you know? So well, we were all happy to see uh-huh. each other, but at the That's same good. time, we were all a little worried about what's going to happen in the future and such. So, I mean, these are, these are strange times mm-hmm. we live in. So yeah. you, you gotta, you gotta think of that a little bit now. So you, I don't know. Absolutely. You also get it where, uh, where, you know, people don't really, they, they forget how to act with, others. they do. Yeah. I think it's gotten worse because we've all been stuck home for two years now that the, uh, the, 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 uh, the isolation hasn't yeah. helped with social people, interaction. And again, yeah. a lot of us fanboys and gals are not the most, extroverted folks in the world we're a little inter- we like being with our books we like being in a basement where i am now and we don't want to talk to people we just like being in our own little world that's why we, we're happy sometimes so when we get out there with other people who are just like us we kind of forget how to engage in verbal communication you know they did it's easy to type on a keyboard but it's hard to like look at somebody in the eye and even this with the zoom nonsense it's like I'd much rather be in a room with all you guys talking to you, you know, instead of this like, you know, touching a screen. You know, it's kind of, kind of like being on the jet. Yeah. You know. But, but yeah, hey. yeah. But hey, listen, it, it, we we make do, and I think especially yeah. just kind of wrap with that point. It's just it's 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 it wasn't just, and it's funny because I was talking about this with somebody else. Is it's not just a minority. Like this has happened to a small group of people. This is the whole yeah. world. So we're kind of on uncharted territory with what to do now. And I think especially that's why this year, in some ways, I think was a little harder than last year in certain respects, because you saw people try to go back to how things were. We tried to move past it. And then you realize, and it wasn't just with Delta and Alpha and Omega and whatever the hell is coming next. You know, we can't do that. We we are moving forward whether we want it or not. Right. And we and we're all different now. We're all we're yeah, we're all still us, but there are things now that are different. Our priorities changed, our outlooks are different. So someone who you could have thought would be a bestie could feel like a stranger now. And we yeah. have to be like, that's okay. That's just inevitability. Some people, like you said, Mitch, you're gonna see them and it's like two years were two days. Yeah, that ago. never happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, and I think it's really easy to focus on the negatives. And there are a lot. And especially with George, like you said, we don't know. Like a lot of people, unfortunately, especially with older people, you don't know when they're passed. We just lost the 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 singer from the monkeys recently. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Nesbitt. Um, yeah. Michael Nesbitt. Yeah. So that that's a, a huge loss to the music world. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's other stuff. I, I well, you know, you know I, 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 I've said it before, and before the, the announcement about George's health, I said this. I don't know if it was in one of the booklets, one of the programs that I hand out at the show, or if it was online or one of these shows. But I said, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, you never know. I'm going to be here tomorrow, Rich or you know, Leo. You don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you should nope. always kind of, if you want to say something, you don't have to hug and kiss somebody for God's sakes. But I'm just saying. Maybe, you know, now that we've gone through this in the last two years, we've kind of 
thought more about it, you know, like our own mortality and how long we're going to mm-hmm. be here. I don't want to get dark and depressing, but you just kind of go, Hey, you know, it's you, you wouldn't, let me just tell you there. I've never had a, a happier moment in my 55 years on this earth than when I looked down that hallway and saw all those people lined up at terrific con. And I went down the hallway to the very last guy. And it was a long damn line. Let me tell mm-hmm. you that my wife's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm down <laughs> to meet the last guy in line. But I do that. I run down the aisle and I say, Hey, thank you for coming. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. No, thank you. I thank you. And I'm waving. I'm talking to everybody. Cause it was so goddamn nice to see everybody again. You don't understand. I was getting like tears in my eyes. Like, Oh my God, you're back. And not to get maudlin or, or sappy, but. You, 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 and then you see familiar faces you know you see people that you see right. all the time you're like oh my god i'm so glad you're all right even if i think you were a jackass i hated you but i'm actually glad that you're still with us you know it was, it's, it was really a weird mm-hmm. feeling to see everybody back again and you know i don't know if that's going to happen the second year and the third year this is going but this one year this this first time back after two years made me really appreciate everybody that was out there, and not just the fans, mm-hmm. but all the the actors and the artists and the writers, because you didn't see them either for the last couple of years. You know, right. it was kind of cool to hook up with everybody again and just see it. And like you said, we fell on the step very quickly. Like it hadn't been two years; it seemed like five minutes ago we were together. But you right. just got to learn to appreciate that. You know, you just have to. You never know when you might see these folks again. And when you do get the opportunity, even if you don't buy that autograph, even if you don't get the photo op or whatever, just give them a little nod or a little wave, you know, just right. say, Hey, just acknowledge that I appreciate yeah. you or what you've done. And, you right. know, and hopefully they look back and, and give you a smile and a nod too, but uh, yeah. you, you just, you just don't know, you know, when you're going to see somebody and, again. So, yeah. And it, it that it's, makes sense. It's just kind of, and kind of piggyback off what you said, Mitch, because and, and I, guys, I think we might, might want to wrap this up soon. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Our Christmas special. Yeah. God bless everybody. Go out there, help the. Poor. Yeah, but I, 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 I've kind of felt a similar way that you said, Mitch. I was like, I, I, and I, and I wanted to post about it, but I'm very much not really about posting about a lot of personal stuff yeah, online yeah. because, unfortunately, people will take yeah. that as, take oh my God, shots. are you okay? And I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just wanted to say this because it's how I'm feeling. I'm just personally, I'm kind of tired of when people pass, you always get the, oh, if I had done this, then I, and I know it's inevitable because you're always going to think of the woulda, coulda, should is, but I'm kind of tired of hearing it simply because yeah. it's always the same thing. Like, oh, had I known how I, I wish I had done this more. I was like, just do it. Just yeah. stay in touch yeah. with people. Be okay. People grow apart. People, yeah. you can realize yeah. you're not a good person for me and that's okay, but I gotta, I can't be your friend. Or if you have been meaning to get in touch with this person that you lost touch with, just I, how are you, it's been a while. Yeah. Or, you, or you, like you, you said, know, Hey, I, what's your, you know? Mm. Yeah. I was talking to somebody yeah, about doing the show tonight and I'm on another show tomorrow and they were like, oh, what are you doing? I said, we're going to talk about George. They said, well, you know, he's not gone yet. I said, no, I know. God, thank God he's still here. Yeah. And then like, well, it's kind of weird, but all the outpouring, all the comments people have been saying in the press and online with the fans and stuff, George is reading all this stuff. I know for a fact. I do know for mm-hmm. a fact because my friend tells me he's reading everything, every comment, everything. And he... Mm-hmm loves every 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 period every sentence every dot and i every cross t everything you guys write and he's reading out there right now and 
like you said, unfortunately, too many times it happens after someone's gone and they're not going to hear. Yeah. It. They're gone. They're they're Whatever was here, is, right. it's gone. OK, I don't care what mm-hmm. hocus pocus you believe in. Most of it, they're not going to ever hear. So this right. has given him an opportunity why he's here to actually hear all those talk, hear all those little comments about what he meant and what he's done for us and how he's, you know, inspired us and such. So, I mean, mm-hmm. in a weird way, it's a kind of like a, a, a nice gift, even though it's a, a sad thing that's happening. But it's in a weird way. It's a, a good way for you to express your gratitude and your appreciation for all the enjoyment he's given to you. And for him to hear and see and read all that stuff, too, has got to be. I'm not a doctor, but maybe on some level it's helping him physically. Yeah. I mean, it's it's boosting his spirits and such. So what I'm saying is don't stop doing it. Yeah. For God's sake, keep on doing it. And, uh, you know, and, mm-hmm. and know that it's it's being received every day every single hour he's out there reading this stuff so you i'm sure he appreciates it and you know don't stop doing it and not just because it's george who said he's he's sick take the time and tell some of these other folks that are still here that you did appreciate their work you don't need to get an autograph you don't know get a cgc you don't need to have it all signed and worth thousands of dollars you could just simple little letter hey man just want to let you know big fan not looking for anything. Just want to say thank you for, you know, giving your talent. All your hard work. All your hard work. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, just to yeah. learn again, learn from George's example. He's doing what he's doing, but do it for other folks that you might not know what their health is because you might not know when you're going to see them again at a show or yeah. anywhere. I, I, I think what it really comes down to is it's about being better and yeah. not expecting the world will be better instantly. It's just that's for you. Because if yeah. you're better, yeah. that in itself is inspiring. And then that unconsciously will you maybe inspire others. And you can't do it because that's the purpose. Like you said, Mitch, no. it's just no. you're doing it because it's right. Because yeah. it's so easy to just fall in that that pit of everything sucks, everything's awful, you know. <laughs> Especially and also, on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, no. Yeah, oh, and it's, it's guys, a cycle of negativity. I mean, yeah. honestly, I think a lot of the problems we've had in the last couple of years as a society is a direct result of this nonsense. This is Internet. Like, just because you can think it doesn't mean you should say it. Mm-hmm. You know, your mom Absolutely. raised you to be a little better than that and kind of oh. hold your tongue. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, there's no filter. People just spew whatever stupidity they want mm. not realizing the ramification it has not realizing what their words mean to somebody or how it hurts somebody and it mm. cascades and gets out of control and it's like and then so, they start acting that way in public it's like oh whoa, whoa, whoa. where's your right. civility yeah. calm down we don't talk that way to so, people we're better than that okay get in, but, t- get in touch with your emotions absolutely oh like, in, the, in the beginning of this yeah. when we were telling stories about george i was tearing up and yeah it was making me a little sad but as we talked about him more, I realized this is this whole conversation is a celebration about his art exactly. and his life and his journey. One hundred percent, which is amazing, is which is what really what we're honoring here tonight. Yeah, and um, you know, and and I I just want to say as as a male growing up in the seventies, which growing up with you know Mitch is the, the child of that era as well, yeah. and Leo not too far behind. Drew, you're our junior, but you're no young man yourself anymore. So far behind. And, um, but I'm an old soul. We can't be afraid of as males saying, I love you and Ooh. I'm going to hug you and I'm going to have a great interaction with you. And I, I remember the last time I saw Mitch in person, um, Leo actually was a factor in that. 
Um, I live really close to where Super Mega Fest is. He needed a, uh, a Spider-Man, uh, the original Spider-Man. Oh, on TV. yeah, yeah. Nicholas Hammer, that's right. That's right. Yeah, the autograph. I missed him. I that. Yeah. Leo was there all week, and he grabbed it. I grabbed it from Leo on Sunday and came on down to see Mitch. I thought we were going to be together for 10, 15 minutes, and I think we ended up sitting and talking for two hours. Yeah, we did. We did at my kitchen table. Yep. And, and we had a great interaction, and um, I love Mitch. We have a great history together. And uh, as a man, I love you, Mitch. Drew, I love you as my partner. And Leo, you putting this whole network together, 40 shows, our new intro, doing so much work. This has been a year now of us together, just about. And uh, we're now award-winning. We won the Amalgam Internet Award after only six months. Um, And this has been a great opportunity. I just want to let you guys know you're all my friends. And I love you. And I have... Deep, deep feelings for all of you in different ways. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's my super positive Joker love fest at the end of the year. Well, the, the feelings mutual, my friend, and and you know uh, everything you said there, Mitch. Uh, very well said. You know, we just need to treat everybody like we want to be treated. You know, it's it's yeah. There's an I old. I think story. I heard that in Catholic school, if I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> right after they yeah. wrap your fingers well, since bad, man, bad boy they ripped my comic books well, up let's not talk about it oh, those monsters well well since we're ending the movie guys i guess we'll yeah. have to end it like good old fashioned god bless us everyone and to all the comic nerds out there lesson is stop being a schmuck and be better okay we love you Perfect. all in 2022 we're gonna tiptoe into very cautiously and we're for the Hawaiian best, church. but we're Hawaiian church. I want to start seeing now that. I before see a world, I want to see a whole room full of Hawaiian shirts and I can hopefully send the picture to George and go thinking of you. There you Purple go. and green. Yeah. I'll be linked looking for them. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, but, um, I will say that. Yeah. Before we go, did we want to just quick review of the comics or do we just all agree? Amazing. Oh, Five stars. You know what? Take it, I take it back. Five stars. Yep. All George. Done. I'm yep. good. Boom, boom. Five stars. Yep. That's totally it. agree. Thank you, Jeremy. Boom, boom. And thank you, George. If you see this, thank you for all your hard work over the years. We love you. You're incredible. And we honor you as a person as well as an artist. God bless you and your family. Tight, tight. Titans forever. Bow, bow. <sighs> Uh, thank you all for joining and, uh, you know, just check the show notes for everybody's information. Uh, you know, everything is all there. Uh, Mitch, where do you like people interacting with you on social media? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be bothered. No. After all that schmooze, get away from me. You bother me. Um, you can find me at uh, Terrificon.com. You can find me uh, on Twitter at It's Terrificon. You can find me on a podcast called The IndieCast for the last 14 years about indiana jones i'm on a youtube show called mitch and ed's excellent adventure where we look at old movies tomorrow we're looking at the nicholas hammond spider-man coincidentally and then i'm with jerry ordway my buddy uh artist writer extraordinaire on the power cosmic podcast over 200 episodes i think it's five years of that that's out there and of course if you're in the connecticut area Every Friday morning on the Chaz and AJ morning show where I'm the king of the nerds doing my top 10 list. And that's about it. I think that's enough. Don't, don't, don't talk to me. Get off my lawn. Okay. <laughs> uh, Drew. Oh, um, 
Yeah, I'm checked out, everybody. No, 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 it's fine. Listen, I'm, I'm checked out already. I'm already tweeting this. I don't have Twitter. So listen, everybody, <laughs> if you need to find me, I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on Instagram. If you just look up Drew Malo and you see something involving Ghostbusters, that's probably me. Um, I'm also heavily here. I do. I jump on whatever show that seems somehow interesting to me. Um, if I'm not doing that, I'm pretty much over at Screen Rant. I do stuff for their, I write for them. I do other stuff behind the scenes. And you might see me at a con. You might not. If it looks like Deadpool, that's totally me. And um, this has been an honor and a privilege to be here. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> Rich. Uh, well, you know me, I'm Rich Davis on Facebook. Uh, you can find me Velvet Joker 2021 on Instagram or Ghostbuster Man 1984 on Instagram. That's me as well. Hey, jerk. <laughs> Stealing my swag. And you know what's funny, Drew? I watch Screen Rant every day. Thank you. It's not me, okay. but thank you. No, I do. I watch so. all that stuff. I've got no life. Well, that's good. <laughs> It's okay. I want to thank everybody for watching. Uh, For me, just Google Leo Pond, but more importantly, follow these awesome people. And uh, with that, we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Peace out. Out.